Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. They had actually been sitting tight on that information since at least August 21. That's more than two years they have had the information and they hadn't come out with it until now where they have been forced by our study. Hello everyone, welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laura Lynn Tatter Thompson and uh, it's so good to be with you. I hope that you um, had a good Remembrance Day and many of you also on holidays today, which is super nice and we're not. <laughs> so um, I always open uh, the show by reading from my dad's Bible. I opened it to Psalm 78 verse 4 today and my dad has underlined, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praise of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. I love that. You know, when we believe something, we show it to the next generation. We teach them. We bind these tablets upon their hearts so that they understand what is good and right. Um, is this light in the path? Okay, you're not liking that. Oh, we're just doing a little fix-up right now. I'm pretty excited about the show today because uh, we have had this guest on before and the last time that we had her, she had breaking news and in fact, uh, she was on Dr. Um, oh, do you remember his name? Uh, oh, the next day she was on that, is it Bill Camp? No. Oh shoot, Gary just told me that guy and I, I used to watch him because he was totally pro-vaccination and he got Bill all Campbell. his... What John Campbell, that's it. And uh, and so uh, she had breaking news and we had it first and I was pretty proud of that. Now, some for some reason, he gets like way bigger numbers than me. I don't know. Can you share? Because the information, uh, you know, hit like, subscribe and share because the information you're going to get today is out of this world. And I want to quickly get to our guest, Dr. Vibeke Maniche. And she is a Danish public figure and author, of Dr. Thir uh, of 35 books. <sighs> she has been working with epidemiology in some way or another for 34 years. She was the only Danish doctor who from the beginning spoke uh, against lockdowns and the lack of proportionality. The numbers and science never allowed for lockdowns, but fear mongering did, she stated. She also has family in Canada, so she has a close knit to us and and pretty much feels that we've had one of the the biggest, you know, we've had the biggest amount of propaganda going on here. And to this day, it's still going on. People have misinformation. It's shocking, but that's because of Trudeau. So let's bring her on. Uh, Dr. Maniche, I just appreciate so much that, uh, that you joined us again. I know in Denmark, it's pretty late there and you've been waiting in the background here for a while. So thank you for your patience. What, what time is it in Denmark? Thank you for having me. It's it's around uh, 9.30 in the evening, so it's it's not that bad, but it's just that when you have to sit and wait and be aware, you know, but that's fine. I'm, I'm still awake, so no worries. Yay, you're still awake. Now, <laughs> what I would love to do is get an update from the last time that you were on. You brought us information that was breaking news, and you've got really good stuff today. Um, can you tell hmm. us, uh, give us what, what we talked about last time and, and what the update is? Yes, well, we, uh, in April uh, this year, we we, we we a team of, of three scientists and we had a publication out where we actually showed, and I think the graph will be shown now, but we had a publication 
issue in a peer-reviewed medical journal uh, about BATS-dependent um, safety issues, which actually shows that, I don't know if the graph is on, yes, there it is, which actually shows that we, we had three different patterns of uh, side effects, and this was uh, concerning the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine. We could also have looked into Moderna and so on, but we chose Pfizer vaccine because in Denmark, it's like 80% of people being vaccinated was with the Pfizer vaccine. And what it shows, what you can look at the graph is that we actually had three uh, different patterns. The first one, which were given mainly to health front personnel, uh, you know, doctors, nurses, and so on, and elderly and, and weak people actually had the most um, uh, reported side effects. You, you can see that in the blue graph. And then uh, the, the batches came in, coming along a little later had less, but still had side effects, but less reported side effects. And as you can, that's the green line. And then in the bottom, it's the yellow line. And that was actually breaking news. Uh, also, you can say controversial in that respect that you didn't expect that. It's like, let's say you go and buy some, you know, uh, painkillers of some sort. And whether you take the box from the upper shelf or lower shelf, you should have exactly the same side effects. You shouldn't have a different risk whether you took it from the upper shelf or from the lower shelf. It should be exactly, the product should be exactly the same risk of having side effects. But this study actually showed that the people who has the, had the first batches, and in this case, mainly a health personnel here in Denmark and actually many other places in the world, actually had a much bigger risk of side effects than the people having it later on. And then it's like, is there a causality? Can you say that it's because of the product? Can you say it's because of the transportation, the stores and so on? We don't know. All that we know is that this was and still is very varying data. What we find out, found out later on, we, we didn't know that when we published the data, is that Pfizer actually by themselves in August 21, this, this study came out uh, March or, or April this year, 23, actually August 21, Pfizer informed the European Medical Agency, which is the head of, you can say, all the local, the national uh, medical agencies, they actually informed uh, European Medical Agency about some batches having more side effects than others. And our, what we call the blue batches, you know, the batches in, in, in the blue line, are actually mentioned in that report uh, from Pfizer to uh, European Medical Agency which you can say that is not only varying, it confirms our data, uh, but uh, of course it's varying because no one did anything about it at all. The next thing, which is also breaking, you could say, is that the Danish uh, medical agency uh, actually just a week ago uh, came out and confirmed our data. They have been kind of laying low and try and ignore it and try not to talk about it. But eventually they were forced to come out with data, wow. which confirms our data. Isn't that fascinating? And the last thing, 
it's fascinating and and but but then again it's on on one side we are happy because it confirms our data we were never in in doubt that that was the case but still it's nice that they come out and confirms it but on the other hand what i find varying is that you know they had actually been sitting tight on that information since at least august 21. that's more than two years they have had the information and they hadn't come out with it until now where they have been forced by our study and the public awareness not in the media they had been you know silencing the data but in on the social media it has been around and i think that's varying and the last bit which is really maybe the most breaking news in from our point of view is that we have had similar data from sweden that's another nordic country um, and it shows exactly the same pattern which you as a scientist you want your study to be rep be replicated you want to see was this like a lonely rider was that kind of a coincidence it wasn't but still and but now we have got the data from sweden and we can see that it's exactly the same pattern i can't show you the pattern because we're going to publish that but i can say that that it's it's like the first time i saw the, the graph from the sweden i literally said to our statistician what, what, what are you kidding me is are you showing me the same one from denmark and he said no it's the swedish data so that replicates our data and actually shows that this is a, an international health crisis. This is not only a matter for Denmark, it's at least a matter here in Europe, uh, Sweden, whatever. But I think, you know, literally, uh, honestly speaking, it's all over the world. And so do you s s uh, maintain the same conclusions that um, we don't know why there's such a variance in the reactions? Uh, is there any way to uh, find out at this point? Or is is that information gone? Because um, is it the, the travel? Is it how the, the vaccines were kept? Or are they changing the batches as we go? The ingredients? I, I think they have been. I, I think they have been because we know now that there was what they call a process one and a process two. Process one was that um, a production from, this is the case of Pfizer, but that was the production for their study, for the, the study which actually gave them the emergency uh, approval. So that was one kind of um, production where they used the PCR uh, production way of, of, of making the vaccines. And when it turned into the commercial use, you call it the process two, then we know that they used another way of uh, produce the badges. And I think that, well, that's what I'm thinking and guessing, of course, but it seems like that they have changed the badges along the way. And they have done that because they became aware, obviously, about the side effects, uh, and they have changed the badges. And you also saw, saw the, 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 the Pfizer, um, not the CEO, but the, the vice CEO, she was out very early in nature. I think it was a big uh, article, an interview with her. And she said, uh, we are building the airplane while we're flying. 
you know, I hate flying, so I was like, I'm not going to go on that airplane, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but still, so they must have changed something along the way. And since the uh, side effects has changed and the reported side effects uh, has changed, I think it's reasonable to ask whether the efficacy has changed. We haven't looked into those data, but it's obviously that if they change something, which they actually had the product uh, uh, approved upon, then it's, you know, it's obvious that there could be a change also about the efficacy. So, uh, but nevertheless, I think it's hard not to um, uh, understand or think that it's the product itself. Whether it's the product, whether it's the transportation, the storage, or a mixture of everything, we don't know. But what we also know, since we talked last time, is that we now know that there has been, and probably still is, some kind of DNA contamination. The whole point of when you make that kind of process with the uh, mRNA is to move away the DNA because you don't want to, uh, it's, it's kind of a gene therapy. You don't want to uh, get DNA into uh, the body, at least without, not, not, at least you should know that it's DNA coming into, uh, being injected into your body. So it, 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 you have some rules about not having the DNA and we know now thanks to some American uh, scientists, but also some here in Europe, that there is some kind of DNA contamination of the badges. We know that from the early badges, and it seems actually some of the um, uh, badges we're using now also has the DNA contamination. I'm not saying, and we don't know, whether that is the explanation. I don't think that may be the explanation on the shorthand about the side effects. It could be, in the long run, a big problem. But nevertheless, I think it could be this and that and many reasons. But still, it's obvious that there was an, 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 a big difference between the risk of having side effects, uh, uh, whether which bats you actually had. And what about informed consent? Like in Denmark, everyone who got the shot, what, what do they think they got and and do they even know That's anything the, about the shots no and 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 that is also a big issue because you have informed informed consent and that's of course very important that before you decide to have a treatment uh you you get to know the effect uh, the efficacy but also of course the side effects the risk what, what's going to happen what could happen and so on and of course if you have like a product if you take that uh, while if you take that uh, glass with the vaccine, you have such a, a big risk of, of having side effects. And that is also serious side effects, even death. But if you take one from another shelf, it's like that small risk. So how can people get informed consent, which they can't and which they didn't have? Because I think I myself would choose if someone said, well, hey, listen, your risk of having corona is a very small risk because you had already corona once. Uh, and if you get corona, uh, you know, you may have two coughs and that, this and that. But if you take that, that this uh, while, if you have that batch, I mean, you do have a chance of uh, getting seriously ill. I think I would say, well, let me just think about that. Let me get back to you. I think that's going to be a walkover, you know, in this case. So people haven't had the proper informed consent. 
And what I thought should have been the case when they realized and when they were informed about these safety issues, I think they should have done what they usually do, uh, retract the badges, the, the, the relevant badges, or at least have said, hey, hold on, uh, we got an issue, Houston, we got a problem, uh, have said, well, listen, we, we, we need to look further into this data. We need to look further into what are the side effects, what could happen along the way. We need to uh, study the, the vials better. So I think what I miss or, or lack here is the that the authorities involved, I think they kind of didn't uh, stand up to their responsibility. I think we should have expected, which they will do in any, any other cases with any other medicine, at the minute they will find out that there's a batch difference as it is today and has been in the period, they will retract uh, the batch and look into it. You know, so something odd is, has been going on. Something very odd. And you know what makes it really hard is so because places like platforms that we are on, some of them... Mm. They diminish this broadcast because because they've been told to. I guess some guy is getting paid, you know, 15 to 20 bucks an hour at Facebook or Meta, you know, and he's mm. looking at this broadcast. And go, oh, I don't I don't think they want me to show uh, international excess mm. mortality rates or or that the Pfizer has, you know, duped us and caused uh, problems. And so because of his mandate, he's just an employee, but then they've got us on some circular thing because somebody's in the feed basically saying they didn't get our uh, notification till late. And everyone from Facebook, would you tell me, did you get the notification on time today? And was it hard mm. to find us? Because he said, you know, then this guy said when he clicks on it, he had to go back and back, you know, three times in order to get to this broadcast. And that's the problem. It, it's every mm. mainstream media news outlet that is not putting your information as a scientist to warn the people. No, and they should be culpable exactly. for the deaths. It, it, it's terrible because, as I said, it's a health crisis and it's actually, actually cost people's lives. And, and I, I find it very similar to what we saw under the communist regimes uh, beforehand, an extreme censorship, or you find it in, in dictatorships or, or also still this day. But I, I, I think that the censorship is so scary, really, because I myself has been censored like the last three and a half year. And I think it's very odd that our study hasn't had one story in the mainstream media. Only one newspaper, a German world, has had a, a serious article about the, the bats dependence uh, dependent uh, safety issues but none has and and which is on a positive note is uh, that even though our study is now out of 25 million you know scientific studies ours are the most read on uh, i think um, 372 or something you know literally in the in the top uh, 400 most read scientific studies out of almost 25 million studies. And I think that shows um, the impact of our study, that shows the importance of our studies. And despite not having had any help from the mainstream media, and as you said yourself, being censored on Facebook, being censored on LinkedIn, um, X or Twitter is, is much better these days. But, but still, I think that we should be 
on the positive no, note, um, relieved that it still has had this great impact and reached out to so many other scientists, other doctors, but of course also many lay people. So I'm very happy that we have media still, uh, despite uh, the censorship on, let's say, Facebook and so on. <laughs> that That is good. And I like how you, you do like to bring it to a, a positive note. And I appreciate that. You know, we do this because we're trying to save lives. You're doing this. Mm. Probably you've received some uh, backlash for your... Uh, you know, bringing this information forward. Have you personally received that or colleagues upset or anything like that? Oh, a lot of, I mean, I have been a political, um, you know, uh, harassed. Uh, I have been uh, harassed in many ways, mainly from uh, the authorities, but the authorities has been under great political pressure. And I also know from, uh, uh, you know, uh, for, I know that, who it was and so on. And actually, I think uh, in the end, it's the Danish prime minister has been involved in, in the harassment of me because there's a pattern what we see from other uh, people who have spoken against the narrative. But as I look at other colleagues, even in Canada, in the States, in France, in Germany, in Sweden and so on, some has been even more harassed uh, as I have. And some have has take, had, had their license taken away, their authorization under pressure, their, their job taken away. But I have felt a lot of pressure and a lot of harassment. But I must say, since we had the study out, that kind of have declined a little because it's difficult when you have that kind of study and someone has <laughs> tried to have it retracted, but it, they didn't manage. So it kind of gives you a little more credit and it's a little more difficult to keep on harassing you because we have had this study out. But the harassment has been huge and in some way still is, but I see a big difference mm. because I see my colleagues, other doctors in Denmark are now stepping down on the vaccine. They are not taking the vaccine again, the Corona vaccine we're talking about. Uh, they are kind of uh, waking up. They're kind of realizing that maybe, you know, we forgot the Hippocratic oath, first of all, do not harm. Uh, yeah. and maybe we forgot the, the usual measures of how we look into cons and pros and so on. So I think that something positive is going on. Uh, more and more people are listening, more and more people are realizing the big Corona scam, as I call it. So I, th I, I still think uh, something good is going on. And thanks to your job and, as you said, John Campbell and others, I think you're doing a, a tremendous important work to get all these informations out. So I'm very grateful for that. And I think uh, you can um, be proud of what you have done yourself. Well, thank you. You know, there's days when we think, okay, let's move on from the vaccine. And then I see Dr. Yes. Bonnie Henry or Dr. Teresa Tam in Canada saying safe and effective mm. and get your kids vaccinated. And I lose mm. my ever-loving oh. mind one more time and I go, no, and we can't let it go because no, they're no. still trying to kill no. people. Exactly. And, just, and, and, that's, and that's what keep you going. And I think also that, that the sanity, because something is insane and something is hard to understand and something is really literally crazy. 
And that's, of course, what makes you go on. And that's what makes us go on. Because it's like sometimes when people say, well, don't you get fed up? Oh, well, you tell me I do get fed up. But as I also say, now we are a team of three scientists. If we step down, if, if we don't look into the data, if we don't look into the data from Sweden, the all-cause mortality, what we're looking into and all that, no one else will. So it's kind of, you have a responsibility. And I think you have that also because we need these voices. We need someone to, to put, uh, you know, focus on whatever the mainstream media are hiding away from the public. So I, 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 lit I understand you very well because I can also now and then think, okay, let's move on. Let's talk about something else. And then you get all these propaganda and manipulation and lies, you know, just up in your face. And it's like, as you said, no, ah, now I'm going to go for it again, you know. So keep the spirit up, so to speak. <laughs> yes, thank you very, very much. And also, so you have, if we've covered that off from last time, uh, good mm. work. Thank you. Keep it up. Mm. Um, there, there's more information with respect to excess mortality. Yes. And, and it's like we have had here in Denmark excess mortality since May 21. And that is more than two years. We have, uh, we had one or two months, January, February this year, where it's kind of flattened a little. But then since every month since May 21. And, and there's not one reason for that. It's not only, you could say, maybe the vaccines. It's, Definitely also the lockdowns, the lockdowns where people uh, stayed away from the hospital, didn't get them the diagnosis, the treatment, the rehabilitation, the medicine and so on. And since May 21, and what is scary, if you look into the next graph, uh, you can see that it's literally, uh, let's have a look uh, where it is, because you need to see the that there's a pattern in many countries. And if you see that uh, graphs uh, there on the graph, you can see that is the um, cu uh, cumulative excess deaths. And you see Denmark, you see Finland, you see Norway, and you see uh, the UK. And if you look at the graphs, you can see where the vaccinated started or the vaccination started. There's a, um, a, a dot where you can see it. And, and then, very shortly after, there's a little like uh, something is happening. If And then poof, there you go, both in Denmark. And if you look at the dates, it's like something happened in May 21. And and can you, you, you see that, that then suddenly the, the excess mortality rises and then it starts to flatten out in the start of 23. If we had, um, which we hadn't because we've been looking into the other data, uh, now it's uh, rising again, the excess mortality. But, but look at these graphs. You can see uh, Denmark, Finland, Norway, and UK. You can see suddenly there's a sharp rise. And, and that's scary because you tend to think, oh, well, this is just a Danish phenomenon. And then you realize when you see the data from uh, Norway, oh my God, it's almost like we were hit of something. The, the same day, suddenly it just rises like that's the excess mortality. Wow. Why and, we have and, put vaccination? Pardon? Yeah. Why oh, we I, have well, put just... vaccination? 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, why we have good vaccination data is that it's not the only reason. I think it's very important to remember the lockdowns and all the damage of the lockdowns. Mm, mm. Uh, so it's not just one reason, but it's still interesting to look at these graphs, not only as an epidemiologist, but for, you know, also lay people, because you can obviously see that something happened at that time in the three different, uh, in the four different countries. Right. And it has not not anything to do with Corona deaths as such. These are not related directly to Corona. So it's not the COVID-19, you can say. That's definitely a, a very, very, very small uh, amount of deaths. So this is something else. So I have two questions uh, that I would want to ask. Um, if, you, if you put up the full screen of that, uh, JT, uh, the UK at the bottom, it it sort of is a mm. bit different kind of a graph. And is there any explanation yes. for that, that uh, yes. I don't they, know? Yeah. They they did actually have, uh, I said, if, if you look at the Danish uh, mortality, we didn't have any really excess mortality uh, along with the um, corona pandemic, we didn't really see any excess mortality, neither in Norway in, um, in Finland. But you're right that something happened in the UK, and it seems like that they actually did have a little uh, excess mortality in the, in the shadow also of the uh, pandemic, or, or actually also before, well, there's nothing to laugh about, but I mean, they, they, something did happen. And, and it seems like that it has something to do also, of course, with the health uh, system being uh, on their knees. So something, it's not, and that's why I say this is multifactorial. It's not just one explanation. And as you can say with UK, there was something going on beforehand and something had, they did have uh, 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 many, not many, but they did have some kind of excess mortality related also to the pandemic, which we mm -hmm. didn't have in Denmark and, and, and Norway and Finland. So Man, I think, I'd love to have well, an investigation into that. Um, uh, we, we're trying to, and we have actually been trying to sin, since May 21, but the data we are lacking, at least here in Denmark, and what we would like to look into is whether we have had more deaths from, we know from the UK that they had had a sharp rise of heart-related death um, and heart-related mortality and morbidity uh, in the UK uh, the, 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 the last years. So that we know, but we haven't had the data here in Denmark yet. They haven't been published. Uh, and that we would like to look into what are the uh, all-cause mortality? What are the cause for the mortality? Do, do we have more cancer mortalities? Do we have more uh, heart-related mortalities? And so on. And, and that is an ongoing pro process. But we can look at the numbers, and the numbers are not lying. But as I said beforehand, it's, it's not just one explanation. So but it's varying. It's scary. We are, if you look again on the... Or the, or the next graph where we have yeah. the declining birth rates also. It's very scary because I think the numbers now of excess mortality in Denmark, which is a small country, is 12,000 uh, deaths. And that is, you know, people with a name, that is, that is persons, that's not just numbers. And 12,000, too many dying because you do have like a, 
a, a, a trend of how many uh, are born and how many are dying. And that is, that is very scary. And we know also from our data that there was, especially um, in the start, uh, many more deaths uh, in, in the aftermath of the uh, vaccines in the start. But let's look at the well, next one, which is I the one ask, with the... Can I sorry, ask sorry. one more question? Yes. Um, yes. So <laughs> as well in Denmark, no, I need that. In Denmark, mm. Finland and uh, Norway, so each of these, after an initial kind of spike, although mm. uh, Denmark has a spike, then there's a down, mm. kind of a, yes. in everywhere, a downward of mm. these deaths. Yes, but, but, but that's just a very short, but you're right. Um, and, and, and that was actually in the, before you started, I mean, again, if you, if you see where you start to vac vaccinate, uh, and then you see there's a little rise in Denmark, and then it falls a little uh, in a, some couple of months. And it's also who did vac get vaccinated and so on. And then, poof, bang, there you go. Then you have the excess mortality. But okay, I, I, could, I could it be, could I ask a crazy question? Yes. Could it be though that first batch went out and mm. it caused a lot of deaths and mm. then... Uh, no one was getting vaccinated. You know what I mean? Like the big push for the mm. vaccine. And then it's mm. kind of like those that went first kind of uh, held off. And so maybe there was a pullback in vaccinations or whatever. And then, that, that, I don't no, know. But there wasn't any fallback. No, no. And no. the thing is also, I must repeat that, that I don't think the only reason are the the vaccines i must yeah. i must say that right. it has also right. something to do with the lockdowns and right. that is that is like when when our danish prime minister locked down denmark the first thing i said this will cost lives and i said and that was a mistake that that would be in one and a half year and it turns out it was less than one and a half year because if you don't get the cancer diagnosis if you don't get the treatment the rehabilitation the surgery and so on you will die earlier. If you didn't, why have a health system? I mean, if it didn't make a, a difference, uh, why bother having hospitals and so on? So of course it did make a difference. And I think a, a big part of it is actually uh, the, the, um, the consequences of the lockdowns. Having the thing about the vaccinations, uh, it seems like um, that you, you do have the side effects when you get the vaccines, but what, what worries me uh, now is the, the, the thing about the DNA contamination, the thing about the, we just had yes. today some, a, a young guy, uh, 22 years old, fresh and, and, you know, nothing, and bam, here he goes with, with um, uh, heart arrest. Uh, he, 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 he survived, but he still had the heart arrest. So I think I'm, I'm very worried about the long-term side effects. I'm very worried about whether we will have like turbo cancer, uh, the, the heart uh, problems we saw, and we have data from UK. I'm very worried about that uh, some may have a silent myocarditis, a silent pericarditis, where they first realize that they're actually having it uh, the minute they uh, fall dead, you know, sudden death syndrome and, and so on. So I'm very worried about the long-term uh, consequences. And therefore, I think it's so important to um, 
focus not only on the side effects shortly after the, the vaccination, but definitely also the long term, if there will be any connection, which I expect there will be also because of the DNA contamination. So I, I, I so, so therefore you, you can say what you say is, I don't think that is the reason. At least we couldn't see that from the Danish data. We looked at the data literally on a day to day basis. Um, I, I think it's more like uh, a conglomerate, you know, many, many different many factors. Uh, and and exactly, we see that here exactly. in Canada too. Suicides were up, uh, you know, oh, overdoses, yeah. uh, people, depression, just so much. Okay. Yeah. So and much loneliness. Happened. I mean, loneliness is a, a killer. Social isolation is a killer. We know the minute you isolate yourself, we know the minute you feel lonely, that's a killer. It's a, it's, it's, it's killing people. So I think there's many, many reasons, but, but it's definitely connected to the Corona scam. Yeah. It's definitely connected to the violation of our, of our rights, the violation of the population from Trudeau and, and his friends. That's, that's yeah. for sure. They do have a responsibility, no doubt about that. And it didn't have any medical uh, grounding, any medical scientific basis for what they did with the lockdowns. It was in any aspects crazy. So uh, when, when the uh, one final question uh, on this part of it, because we're going to go into birth rates and stuff like mm. that, but um, yes. the, the one final question on this for me is, where is the data on why they died and how they died? Um, is that too big of a thing? Because well, this we is don't, just we... on sheer deaths, but not really. Exactly. Yeah, okay. These are, these are sheer numbers. And, and that's what I tried to explain. We don't have those data yet publicly, publicly available here in Denmark. They, they do have, for some odd reason, some delay. So we don't know that yet. We could see from the UK data that there has been a huge rise in the uh, heart mortality and mobility in the UK. And I would expect the same to be the case in Denmark. But that's again, is that because of the vaccination or is it because of the lockdowns or is it because of the uh, isolation or again, is it because of many of these aspects? And of course, also a health system on their knees. Um, so, but, but, <laughs> but we haven't got those data. But yeah, as I keep saying, numbers like, like that are not lying because you see the huge difference and you yeah. see, and that is the scary thing. It's literally on a date and you, you kind of look around and say, well, what happened? Did, did they, uh, did, they, uh, did they put something in the drinking water? Uh, and, and that's why it's so important to look into data, not only on a national basis, but also on uh, other countries. And they're going back to what I said about our BATS study. It's for us, a very big achievement to see that the Swedish data are exactly the same because then there's no doubt that there is a pattern, that there is a safety signal, and it's not only uh, Danish data. Wow, it's absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure that more of this is going to come out in 10 years. We'll have so much more understanding. Mm. There will have been further studies and breaking down uh, this data. Um, this is just the beginning, literally. Yes. yes. And thank you for your incredible work on this. And so, you. Uh, you know, uh, I was just listening to somebody incredible um, 
uh, Jordan Peterson uh, here in Canada talking about the people that want to depopulate the earth because there's so many, mm. too many people, you know, and it's just such a sadistic thing to say, you know, that, uh, that there's just too many people. And so what we'll do is get mm. rid of them all. And, you know, we want to start with all of their families first. But uh, the actual reality is the decline in birth rates. That is actually what's happening. Exactly. And, and, and there you can say that the depopulation de is actually going on this minute uh, because the trend is going that way. Whether it has been you know, deliberately or not, uh, I don't know for sure. But you can say and you can tell from the next graph that that is actually happening. And that is, of course, uh, from a population view, very varying. And, uh, and, and also, of course, if someone did, which I don't have any clues about, if someone actually tried to um, get this depopulation uh, going on. But if you look into the data, uh, and that is on the graph, um, it, it may be a little confusing, but what it's actually showing is that you have the um, you have the, um, well, sorry, it's in Danish, but you have to, to, to understand. You have the, uh, except you have the blue ones. If you see the blue on, on top, that is actually the birth rates. And it will eventually now and then go up and down and back and forth. But you see that it, it's kind of declines around, uh, two, 2010, then it slowly declines and then it gets up again. And, and that's, how lives goes, but then the red line, the uh, the uh, you know the the red line, uh, uh, not horizontal, but uh, well anyway on the on the right, it, I I can't uh, point on it, but then you see where the vaccination campaign starts, yes, and then there's a little rise uh, in the birth rate, and then bam, nine months after, almost on the date then you have a sharp decline of the birth rates. That is the blue line. The red line uh, on yeah, the, the vertical leaf, line. that is the most, the, mm -hmm. the, is it purple? In, vertical, uh, yeah, the vertical. No, yes. the red yes. vertical and the blue vertical, yeah. Uh, yes, that, the, but, but if you see down in the bottom, you see also that, that there's a pattern with a red line, yeah. and that is the mortality, um, yes. uh, you know, the mortality graphs. And then you go back and see where did the uh, uh, vaccination campaign start. And very shortly after, as we just saw on the other graphs, you see a sharp rise in the excess mortality. And at one point out on your, on, on your right, you see that the two graphs crosses. Mm. You want in a country, the, your population to uh, grow. You want to have more birth then you want to have people dying because if more people are dying, you will have the depopulation. And that's actually what happened here in, well, it's the third quarter in 23 or in, uh, if you look down in the bottom, that it actually crossed, uh, and, and that's worrying because uh, what's gonna happen if you have a population like Denmark, uh, I think we're now about 6 million people. Well, it's a small country, but what will happen if you have less uh, births and more people dying. Well, eventually in the long run, if that continues and even more, if the, if the difference uh, gets more and uh, bigger and bigger, eventually the people will die out, of course, which is 
not work. But then you're back to if someone want a, a, a depopulation, you can say congrats. That's actually what happening. Right, then right. you can say, well, what? Sorry. Then you can say, well, why do we have the declining birth rates? And some of the side effects uh, we had, and I think that has definitely something to do with the vaccination program. That's for sure. It may also have something to do with war in Ukraine, with um, you know, worrying about the the um, you know the climate and you know, lots of stuff, but it definitely must have something to do with the vaccination also, because some of the side effects, which we knew very early was uh, bleeding uh, disturbances uh, with both young women, teenagers, actually young women, uh, and actually also uh, women being postmenopausal uh, also had uh, bleeding after having had years without having their, uh, uh, their periods, but you, you don't have to be a, a, a gynecologist to know that if a woman has a bleeding disturbance and her periods are too long or too short or, or, or too heavily bleeding and so on, it will of course um, uh, do something to her uh, chances of being pregnant. And that's why you will expect if, if many women has bleeding disturbances, of course, you will have less births. And that's actually the result. And I think that is scary because again, as you said, Laura, going back to the informed consent, well, if you said to a young woman being 24, who never had any risk of getting Corona, well, listen, if you take this vaccine, you will get bleeding disturbances and you may not be pregnant as you want to be. I mean, who on earth would say, oh, well, that's what I'm going to go for. Give it, it to me as fast as you can. Of course, any sane person would say, no, no, thanks. So, so that is very varying. And that has definitely something to do with the side effects. It's fascinating. Um, if I could uh, ask you, so this, just so that everyone at home knows, this graph goes from 2000 until 2023, I think. Yes. And because yeah. it's kind of small at the bottom, so people might not understand mm. that. Yes. And so it, it starts out just just for showing, you know, how how it, it, it kind of it changes along the way. So it starts from uh, 20 uh, from millennium and it ends here in uh, uh, 23, the first quarter. OK, so um, the death rate and the birth rate, this is what we have here. Okay. So, yes. um, when, when I see that in 2013 and 14, um, any, just, just because it's interesting, that really went low. What happened? Um, I wish I, I, I had a, a proper answer. Yeah. We, we don't really know, but what we know of was that it wasn't such a sharp on, on such a short notice a decline. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure whether there was any financial problems in, in, in Denmark at that time. But then again, if we went back and took maybe five or 10 years a, a, ahead of uh, like from 1990, you will have that kind of, of, of difference. You will have that along the way. But as you see what happened here, you know, literally almost nine months after the vaccination started, 
you had a very sharp decline um, in a short uh, period of time. On, in a short period of time, exactly. Ah. So, as I said, with the excess mortality, what hit us? Then it's a little the same here. What hit us at that time? It could also be, and that's why I say this has also many reasons. It could be that you know the Ukraine, the climate. It could also be like um, a consequence of the lockdowns. People didn't meet up, uh, finding a, a, a mate. A, a, you know. A, uh, a lot a less dating going boyfriend. on, right? <laughs> exactly, dating kind of vanished. Um, so, so that could be many reasons. But as I said before, it's definitely a consequence of the Corona scam. It's definitely a consequence of whatever the leadership did of of uh, bad uh, decisions. And okay. it's and it's it's sad and it's worrying because some of these data are. Uh, you know, a sign of people who actually want children and and are not having the children. Mm -hmm. uh, but but some could, also, of course, be that people are just decided uh, not to have children because of their worries and and maybe uh, the depression and maybe all the other stuff we talked about. So we won't get one answer, but of course here it's much more certain that the vaccinations had had. Um, uh, consequences on that 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 there that can be no doubt the next thing is of course um what's gonna happen to the children of the pregnant women who got uh, vaccinated yes you know women were uh, toby asked me whether women were pushed uh, to get the vaccination i mean we had like a a very big social pressure on everyone in Denmark. We didn't have like a mandate, kind of a mandate, because you had this terrible Corona passport. And if you had your vaccination, you were all done and, and, and free. And if you didn't have the vaccination, you had to go and be tested, this and that and every other day. And, you know, so lots of people felt a big, big pressure, social pressure. A stigmatization, uh, stigmatization and so on from also the prime minister. So there was a kind of a mandate. And what we don't know and what we're looking into and what we're waiting for the data is what's going to happen to the children of the pregnant women who was uh, injected uh, when they were pregnant. And we do know in Canada that there's been uh, data regarding um, stillbirths being up mm. high. Somebody is saying here in Australia that they are um, encouraging the pregnant uh, women to get this uh, gene therapy shot. Um, and so you're right. We're going to have even more interesting data in one to two years coming up. Yeah, because as you said, with stillbirth, uh, we have so small numbers in Denmark. I also mm. saw like a spike from Scotland at one point that suddenly there was a rise. But but we the, the, the thing is with stillbirth, if it's still, thank God for that, you know, small numbers, it's you, you have to have kind of a numbers of difference for, before you can say, well, here's literally a, a difference. But right. also what concerns me is that we have had some cases and that is just, you know, um, few cases about epilepsy in the newborn or within the first year of life. 
but we need the children to grow up. We know we need the children to survive, of course. Uh, and then we need the children to grow up to see whether there is a, a, a difference, whether they will have a bigger um, uh, risk of having certain cancers, uh, a certain uh, neurological deficit. We don't know. But, but, you know, again, going back to what I said about the, as you call it, Laura, the gene therapy, the DNA contamination, I'm very worried that that could have been something uh, with the DNA contamination and with the changing of the person's own DNA, the own genome, we don't know. But if that is the case, that could be very scary what the consequences could be. But we don't know. So this is just me thinking out loud. This is nothing we have any proof of. But that's why it's so important to take the data serious, to uh, not uh, try and ignore it or, or pretend it's not there. But, uh, I think the, the population, the, the women, the, the children deserves us to take this matter serious and, and to be worried about it. And also we need to learn from it uh, to go for other mRNA injections. So we know, is this really a gene therapy or is it just a vaccination? So to so, your point, yeah. yes, and, and to your point then with regarding, uh, with respect to the birth rates, that graph does show that something's happening that we haven't seen since 2000 and we don't have data in front of us from before that, but no. but these no. lines are intersecting. So and, and, I, we, and we have never seen such a sharp decline. Uh, and, and, but again, we have to remember that this is also a period where, where the world has been on fire where people have been afraid, where the climate discussion. So again, it, it, it could be just a, a perfect storm, so to speak. But knowing that the, the, the vaccines um, or the injections uh, gives you a higher risk of having bleeding disturbances, and you don't, as I said, need to be a, 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 a obstetrician to know that if a woman has a bleeding disturbance, it will uh, affect her, her, her ability to get pregnant. So that's definitely one of the explanations. But again, it could be many explanations. And that's why I just literally, before five minutes before we went on air, I just had the last data from the last uh, quarter, not this quarter, but the other quarters, they, there's a little delay. And it shows that uh, it's, it, it's still low, but it's, it's going the other way as a small uh, difference, but still small numbers. And we will end up having less births that we have had for many, many years. So uh, it seems that the year is not over yet, but it's, mm -hmm. it's still varying data. Well, I sure do thank you for your incredible work, your commitment to humanity. I bet you did not in earlier years of your career think that you would see these kinds of... Oh happenings um no exactly yeah, exactly it's and, a shock and i've never and i've never been so worried before you know i've been a doctor in 34 odd years and i've, I've read the literature of almost my whole uh, you know life as a doctor i never been so worried before i never been so this illusion you know uh, also about uh, the way of, of things has been implemented the, the vaccine mandates, the rollouts, the lockdowns. I've never been so worried about these crazy 
um, uh, 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 you know, uh, how they have behaved. And yeah. I've never been so worried about what's going to be the consequences for the children, for the young ones. I'm like, my hearts are crying when I see young people are falling dead just like that. You know, I've been a doctor for ages. That has never, well, of course, you could have once, uh, you know, one every other year or something like that. But it's never been like here, there and everywhere. And it's like, what is going on? So I, I must say, I, I'm, I'm very worried uh, when I look into all these. And I'm very worried that we don't take it serious. Because if we at least took it serious, and if we, if we at least gave it that responsible, um, you know, awareness, and also uh, looked into how can we have kind of an antidote for the spike proteins. And, but, but it's like, uh, you, you're not supposed to talk about it. As you said yourself, you're being censored. Facebook takes away, and, and in the mainstream media, they don't want to talk about it. They even don't even want to uh, be critical uh, for our study. And I think that that is very worrying because then it's uphill uh, to find the solutions and to help people. You need to be aware of the risk uh, to also have a chance to help people and tell something like, as we said, with the uh, heart arrest and the sudden death, well, you need to tell young people, you need to tell uh, um, uh, sportsmen and sportswomen, you know, uh, if you had the vaccines, if you had these badges, which were some were more bad than others, uh, be aware of uh, if you have your heart rhythm, be aware if you have any signs, silent signs. And maybe we should even, uh, I'm not saying we should do that, but maybe we should even and now and then make examinations of the young ones to check their hearts and see if they are all way, well, at least if they are professional sportsmen. I think all professional young sportsmen and women who have had these teen therapies, injections, vaccines, whatever you call them, should definitely have their heart checked now and then, definitely. <sighs> and in the long run, we will probably also start looking into circulating spike proteins and see if someone uh, a higher risk of having, as I said before, a heart arrest and so on. But it needs us to be aware and acknowledge that that is the case. 100%. Well, we're sure glad that we know you and uh, you're a lovely person. May I just say, I've been sitting here thinking, I you, you describe things so well that I understand what you're saying. I understand the data. I have at times had doctors on where you know, it's a little bit over, over, uh, you know, my, I, I'm not a doctor, right? And uh, no. sometimes we're trying to wrestle with the practicality and, and understanding the science, mm. but you've made it very easy. And uh, I just think that if you ever come to Canada, I would certainly, certainly like to have a nice dinner with you on us. And if we could sit down and just talk about these things, because we are all in shock and actually we're all dealing with this post-traumatic traumatic stress disorder, which which keeps becoming um, current traumatic stress mm. Uh, mm. That, that because current more traumatic. things yeah. keep having happening, you know, that are so shocking. 
And we're trying to find exactly. ways to deal with that. So I bless you. Thank I, you I for staying up late. I would look forward to that. I would definitely, I would look forward to that because also I think when I meet up with, with colleagues and like you and others all in real life, it's also what we need now and then to meet up with, yes. with peers, to meet up with someone who's been fighting for the same cause and so on. So I would definitely yes. look forward Someone's to meeting you at some truth. point, either here in Europe it. or in Vancouver. Oh, well, coming to Europe, that sounds fantastic, too. Let's try to uh, let's try to find a way to do that. <laughs> All exactly. Right. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Vivica Manike. And I know I might butcher your name, but you say that, it. That say your name close. once before you go. Close. How do you say it? Yes. Uh, Vivica Manike. Vivica Manike. Well, you're very close, very close. <laughs> and thank you for having me. I've been enjoying to be on your show again. And thank, thank you. you for your big work also. So, yeah. so keep going on, please. All right. All right. I sure will. And we will have you again. Thank you. Take thank care. You. Good night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So she can get off to bed after staying up late and, and uh, speaking with us. Um, I, I really mean that about, you know, current... Uh, Tra traumatic stress disorder just getting worse every day with you know all the different things that are happening it's not only the medical um field but also the the wars and the rumors of wars in in our world i appreciate um this doctor because this is real um gut level research that they're doing like investigating all of these things um it's so important and i hope that she's going to be on Dr. Campbell's show again real soon as we lead the way for Dr. Campbell. I'm just kidding. He probably doesn't even know who we are. So I just like him a lot. And it's funny because if you follow him on YouTube or is he like on YouTube, somehow he gets these huge numbers. Is it? I just don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's incredible because uh, he was just pro-vaccine, you know, and got the vaccines and then slowly he began reading the data and it was interesting to see the transformation and I'd love to have him on the show as well to kind of go through what what exactly happened with that couple things um so um in this ongoing battle that is going on in Israel um I'll just say this today that my stand uh with Israel has garnered me some real uh, anger and rage um, one of them, one of the things that's happened is this weekend, a very popular uh, podcaster and broadcaster. And so I'm just formulating in my mind whether to, um, you know, kind of name this person um, because I just hate this. If we're all on the same side, we shouldn't be attacking each other right now. And this person, I'll tell you, I was ecstatic over some of the revelations that they revealed. I just held them in high regard. Um, I will say that recently some of their, you know, the things that they've kind of, takes that they've had on things, um, I didn't follow as closely. You know what I mean? But um, the revelations that were made during COVID and some of the, the uh, deep digging that this person had done to bring real truth was just mesmerizing. And because of that, I had spoken with them a couple different times on the phone and expressed my deep respect, 
deep respect. And I, I felt that I'd had that back. Um, this person is someone that never in a million years, no matter how, you know, I just wouldn't attack them or try to diminish them. Um, I'm, I may at some point go, well, I just heard so-and-so say this and I take issue with it because of, you know, this and this. But what this person did was basically put out there on Twitter that I'm in support of Israel and perhaps how am I um, affording my life, which is by the grace of God, by the way. And thank you for those of you who support me. And those of you who've, who've left, um, I can only stand by my convictions. My convictions always line up with the word of God. My ultimate convictions are because of biblical text. Secondly, if somebody is truly wrong, I will acknowledge that, even if I support them biblically. So let's say Israel. If I can see that Israel made a mistake here or there, I will acknowledge that. But my baseline is that I believe that God loves the Jewish people as he loves the Palestinians, as he loves the Canadians and the Americans, and that the only way to God's heaven, if you're a Christian, is through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only way for any Jew to get to heaven. I do not believe that they get into heaven because they're God's special people so they don't have to believe in Jesus. I don't believe that. I believe we all are going to heaven based on our belief in Jesus and our faith in him as our Lord and Savior. That's my current belief. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and I will not deny that ever. So my position with Israel is not only, as I wrote this weekend, I think, on Twitter, it's not only due to my biblical belief that they were God's chosen people from the beginning and that Scripture does allude to the fact that uh, because of their disobedience or disbelief in God, in Jesus specifically, that it opened the door for the Gentiles because the Gentiles suddenly, you can see it in Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that all of a sudden the Gentiles began to receive Jesus. And so the, the Jews then, you know, they broke, they broke Jesus' heart. He cried over Jerusalem. He stood there, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, what have you done? I came to save you and you rejected me. So at the same time, I just don't hate the Jews because they killed Jesus. They were deceived by, of course, Satan himself. And there are those, and they went on to write the Talmud, and I, I don't ascribe to any of that nonsense. I'm sorry, I, you know, it's, it's just uh, heretical. Now, someone like who, and I, and I love, um, uh, oh, what's his name? The, Shapiro. Thank you, JT. You always read my mind. So I love Ben Shapiro, but I don't agree with him. He believes that Jesus was crucified as he should have been because he was, you know, a, a criminal and, and a liar and said he was the Messiah and, you know, and he's a fake and he should be. So that's okay. I love Ben Shapiro, even if I disagree with him. 
I believe they killed Messiah, but it was all in the plan because because they crucified him, his blood was shed so that us Gentiles and the Jews could be forgiven. Now, I'm never going to get a true Jew who's going to ascribe to uh, the Jewish culture or faith or religion to agree with me. However, I, I will always put the bulk of my um, position on biblical text. Now, if Israel um, had committed the atrocities of October 7th, let's reverse it, and a whole bunch of Israeli IDF uh, members had gone into Gaza, had raped and killed, burned alive the Palestinians. I would be like, wow. I would believe that they would incur the wrath of the Palestinians and that their actions before God were very wrong, were, were heinous and evil and terrorizing, and that those actions I would condemn from start to finish, 100%. To that end, I went into looking into what happened in 1948 because uh, a good friend sent me a video on the Palestinian perspective on 1948. And I, I really appreciated getting that. I appreciated getting the fact that uh, when Israel basically began moving back to, um, when the Jews began to move back to this place that is now known as Israel, they went back to their homeland. They had been so rejected across the world. The Holocaust had happened. One of the key things that brought about this. And we now have a whole group of people who've been told the Holocaust never happened the way that it should have. I can, I can honestly tell you something. Um, I, I am not someone who's fully investigated at all. I've seen lots of pictures. I've heard, I have interviewed numerous Holocaust survivors or the children of with their stories. So I believe something terrible happened to the Jews in, you know, the era of, uh, in Germany and in the era of the war and all of that. So I also believe that the Jews have been um, scandalized and they've been spoken of terribly. And I also believe that some of the Jews have done terrible things. Some of these very wealthy Soros, he's, he's a, a blazing, I mean, he will spend his eternity in hell for what he's done. Unless he repents and he should do it soon because he's old and he's going to die soon. And I will not be saying God rest his soul. So I have a balanced perspective, but of course, um, the Palestinians, uh, they believe in a different God than me. They believe in the Muslim, you know, Muhammad's version of Allah. Um, that is different than mine. And so there's that difference. Now, anytime that Israel has gone in and uh, killed Palestinians, I believe that's wrong. When the Palestinians have gone in and killed Israelis, I believe that's wrong. I denounce all of it. <clears throat> On the whole, though, in looking at the years and years, when Israel first went um, and took charge of this land, one of the things that the video 
from the Palestinian perspective put forward was that the first assault against the Jews coming into their land of Israel that was given to them by the United Nations, shall a nation be formed in a day, says the Bible. It happened. Israel was formed in a day very quickly. Everyone said, yes, they deserve their land. And then since then, the Palestinians have been offered land five times. They've been offered settlement. They've been offered, they keep rejecting it. We've played those videos. Um, but when the Jews began to come back to Israel, as this video explained, the first attack actually came from the Palestinians attacking the Jews that were now trying to settle and have a place to call home. Have you seen a picture of the Middle East? Have you seen it? It's huge. And there's miles and miles of desert. And there's miles and miles of hills and valleys. But every offer to settle to the Palestinians has been rejected. Every offer of land settlement, some of them very wonderful, they've all rejected it. So I'm going to have to look more into that because I, I'd like to know why they rejected it. I'd like to get to the bottom of that, but I do know they have. I do know, fact, Israel, they removed in 2005 from Gaza every crying, weeping Israeli whose home was on Gaza. They removed them. Israel asked their own people to leave as a show of kindness and peace to the Palestinians. They exhumed their graves from Gaza in 2005. They removed all Jewish graves, all Jewish people. They said, here you go. What happened after that? They used Gaza, a land with, you know, it's, if you go to Israel, it's a bit higher. Do you remember looking at Gaza, JT? So it's a bit higher. And, and so you have, you have some, you know, strength maybe militarily if you want to use it. So then the constant bombing back to Israel. It was not Israel bombing into Gaza where they left. It was Gaza. So Hamas in 2007 begin assaulting Israel from Gaza that had been given to the Palestinians. So all of this bears heavy weight on where I stand. And October 7th, when they went in there, and I am sick and tired of people saying, oh, it didn't happen that way, and people denouncing what actually happened. We have the video. If you really want to see what Hamas did, you know, God help your brain to ever recover from those visuals. That's what I've heard. I've seen enough that I'm not going to watch the Hamas's actual videos. We have played you the Hamas uh, soldier who said, I've, you know, I've killed all these Israelis, mom, dad, mom and dad. Yeah, it's on. It's live on my WhatsApp. I've killed all these people. Freaks. Children. As the mom and dad are saying to him, oh, God bless you. See, what I don't ever hear, I don't hear Netanyahu and the Israelis, the, the government, I don't hear them calling for the decimation or annihilation of the Palestinians. 
And, and if you've heard it, you, you send it to me. Is it an actual, you know, verified source of the leadership? I'm sure Jews have said it. They're so upset. I mean, everyone's upset. They're all calling for the decimation of each other in and amongst the people. I'm not talking about that. The Hamas leaders, we played the clip last week. Unashamedly, categorically call for the destruction, decimation of all Jews on the planet. Hamas calls for that. You will not find Israel calling for that from their leadership. In fact, it brought tears to my eyes this last weekend as I watched the video, and it was on uh, Amir Sarfati's uh, telegram. I encourage you to pay attention to what he puts out there. Amir Sarfati uh, showed how the IDF with their tanks were um, guiding the Palestinians, helping them to get out because Hamas has been telling them to stay, to stay as human shields, to stay to help and support their terrorist cause. And some of them did. Some of them stayed with their children in the heart of Gaza. And this podcaster, broadcaster that went after me this last weekend highlighted, one of the people highlighted in her feed that are now, you know, upset with me, um, my position that it's bad parents that stayed. When this attack happened on Israel, Israel did not attack for two days, two or three days. They sent warning after warning, we're coming after you. What you did to our people, the worst assault against the Jews since the Holocaust, we are coming after you and you need to understand we're going after the terrorists. Vacate. As a person who loves my children, I cannot fathom in this world staying. I'd be like, kids, grab your favorite toy, Get your bikes, get in the Jeep, get in the car. If we don't have one, we are walking. Sorry, get your best runners on. We're out of here because they're about to carpet bomb this place. But some of those people believe that if they die a martyr's death, they secure their place in eternity. That's a fact. Ask any Muslim about, about a martyr's death. Some of them just didn't leave. That's a bad parent. You didn't save your kids. And on top of that, I'm sick that there's human toll on this planet to the magnitude that we're seeing. It's horrible. But now that, you know, a couple million of the Gazans are... You know, it's, it was uh, 1.5 that I'd seen have left. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how many people are in Gaza, but I, I would tend to think that um, they're, they're leaving and you can see them leaving in droves under the watch of the IDF and the tanks are escorting them out because Hamas blocked passage out. And Hamas is responsible for those deaths then. But when I see that Israel is escorting them out, um, 
that that actually that literally brought tears to my eyes because they were saving them the palestinians not wiping them from the face of the earth uh, if they wanted to kill all those civilians they just you know shoot them all they warned they sent leaflets they dropped brochures all over gaza saying we're going to bomb you please leave what happens when you don't leave why would any of you watching me right now would you stay whether you agree with me or you just hate my guts right now would you leave if if a brochure fell in your yard uh there's been some bad things that have happened and we're upset and we're you know this group is going to be bombing here i'm going to be in my car leaving do you know why because the middle east is very big You know who's rejected the Palestinians, the Jordanians, Jordan, the Lebanese? Why? The Egyptians? Why? Ask yourself why. In Jordan, they tried to usurp the government there. They got a smackdown. Um they basically they're they're trouble. Now, I think there's some nice Palestinians. I'm very sad for loved ones. I am. I I can I'm I'm a very empathetic person like when someone starts crying I generally I start crying like I'm like that. I feel deeply. But I also have common sense. And I also feel what I would feel if this were happening to me. You had bad leadership. I pray for the liberation of the Palestinians from Hamas. I pray that Israel brings liberation to your people. Many of the Gazans would travel into Israel to work every single day. Because there was open doors. It wasn't not a prison like they're saying. There's been problems because Israel was trying to protect themselves from the Gaza element, the Hamas element that had moved in there. So I'm sorry if you think that I'm going on about this a bit too much. I think I need to explain my perspective. And I am unashamed of my perspective. It's it's horrible that war is on the planet, but it is. But I respect a people that have been gone through the Holocaust to whatever level that was and that have been persecuted and um racism thrown their way anti-semitism and it's growing. And what about all these people that are now afraid? Jews that are afraid. Have you seen some of these videos? These pro-Palestinian and it's called pro-Hamas because You know, people have been taking issue, well, you can't call these marches pro Hamas. Okay, if you're a Palestinian and you've been living under the terrorism of Hamas, and if you know what Hamas just did to Israel, if you you actually know that. And and I guess you can be ignorant enough to be trying to deny it or you've been told oh, that never happened. October 7th never happened. And you haven't watched the videos clearly of what Hamas videoed themselves doing to people. which has left people like 
mentally impaired for the rest of their lives watching what, what they did. I guess if you don't believe it, you're not going to listen. All right. You know what? We can't even speak to you. But I have seen the Palestinians, that lady. Do we still have that, that Arabic lady who lived in Israel who thanks them? Do we have that? We aired it a few days ago. Um, I've been watching the videos of Palestinians thanking, thanking Israel for the liberation that's about to come from Hamas. Now, on the um, Amir Safari's um, view in Telegram, okay, so, man, I don't know how to get this on my other thing. In any case, he's giving play-by-plays, and we're seeing that Israel is cooperating with the hospital. The, uh, the hospital staff ha have asked the IDF to help them to get all the patients out because they're going to blow up the hospital. Yes, they are. You know why? Because Hamas is hiding underneath the hospital. So Hamas has not, uh, Israel has not blown up the hospital because of the patients. Now there's cooperation between the IDF. You can see all of it on Amir Safari. Sarfati. I say his name so wrong. I'm so sorry. We've had him on the show before, actually. And he's reporting. He's, he's Jewish. He's from Israel. He was in the IDF, and uh, he reports high-level intelligence of what's happening there. And I, it's it's play by play. It's absolutely, um, it's it's good. It's got video. It has uh, dozens of the terrorists are have been killed. Hamas lost control over northern Gaza. He reported that at um, eleven o four a.m. this morning. Uh, he, he shows how they're, they're taking. So when somebody comes after me, and the point of this broadcaster and podcaster to go after me was to say, um, how is Laura Lynn surviving? How, how, is, how are her and her husband doing this? She supports Israel. Her implication is I'm being paid by Jews. That would be great. I mean, if any Jews out there have any money and you'd like to actually help me, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, laurelin.tv, that's where you can make a donation and you get a tax receipt for that. Uh, so um, I, don't, I don't know what she's in, implying. I think she's, I, I've so, then one guy said she's being paid by Soros and he put Soros up. Oh, and they're all like catty and they're after me and, you know, I'm being paid by the Jews, Soros. Yeah, okay, so the guy that I've derided and mocked and exposed for the last three years, actually four or five, because before all of this COVID stuff, we were dealing with uh, the assault on children, transgenderism, which is funded by Soros. And I have repeatedly derided the man for that. I will not lose a tear. I will actually probably have a clap the day that I hear that he's passed because of the damage he's done to our world. So I don't have misplaced sympathies and we all shouldn't. Do not misplace your sympathies because there is truth and, and light and we can discern, we can discern what that is. 
and it's hard. It, it really is. The other person that I've just loved is uh, Jack Hibbs and Jack, Pastor Jack Hibbs in the States. Uh, I have an incredible video. So I'd like to pull parts of that apart actually this week and just present some of the things that he's saying. Uh, because he's, he, first of all, he's taking scripture and showing us from scripture about what God says about the Jews. And hey, lots of Jews will not make it into eternity, into God's eternity, because they have rejected him. But lots of Palestinians, lots of Jews, lots of Canadians, Americans, Europeans, Chinese, Japanese, the whole world, lots of us, Korea, are going to heaven based on one thing. We bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's where I stand. When I have to discern between this uh, catastrophic event, another birth pang, honestly, I feel like COVID was birth pang one. October 7th is birth pang two. Does this end in World War III? Do, does the Lord have to return because we're all going to get blown up anyways? Because in Matthew, it says, unless the Lord shorten the days, uh, we will, no, no one will be left. Kind of looks that way, right? You got, you know, the, the, the mentally challenged uh, Biden in office in the United States of America. No one's afraid of him. They're all, you know, Iran is coming against him. I'll tell you what, you might maybe didn't like Trump very much, but this would not be happening. Not like this under Trump. We have the potential for World War III, the potential for the, the death of all mankind. It's not okay. It's not good. Um, <clears throat> JT, I seem to have lost my sheet. Let me just try to find it here. Okay. Um, so Hamas plans, uh, when the Hamas soldiers were captured, I'd like to go to still image one, and uh, uh, a piece of paper was captured on one of these guys, and it basically showed that there was plans uh, on raping. They were told their instructions were to rape the Israelis, and uh, there's two sheets here. I'm just trying to get out. Sorry, my I've lost my spot here. Okay, so, yeah, and the next one, which says, basically, take your pants off. These words that they would use. Yeah. Okay, in Yiddish or whatever. Let's go to this uh, video. IDF spokesperson saying how they are helping at... Shifa Hospital. We're speaking directly and regularly with the hospital staff. The staff of the Shifa Hospital has requested that tomorrow we will help the babies in the pediatric department to get to a safer hospital. We will provide the assistance needed. And there's something that the world must not forget, and we will not let the world forget it. Hamas has been holding hostages, 239 men, women, children, elderly, and babies. Don't forget babies for 36 days. This is a crime against humanity, and we will not let the world forget it. So 
let's remember, I think it's still over 200 hostages, right, that are in Gaza. And a whole bunch of Canadians have been let out, apparently. Um, okay, so this other video. In New York City, uh, pro-Hamas protesters tear down American flags on Remembrance Day. So this is right in America. Look at this guy. He's up there. He's pulling down the American flags. So, at, at what point, you know, there's a rise. People are upset. This is not okay. I want to show you a great video of Turning Point's Charlie Kirk. Um, he's arguing with a young man about Israel. Clearly, this... Uh, Young man does not have views that are positive towards Israel. So Charlie Kirk says this, and I, I just enjoyed this video. Take a look. What religion was Jesus? What did he believe? Uh, yeah, well, obviously he was Jew. Where was Jesus born? Why does that matter? Born in Bethlehem. Okay. In so, and he was raised in Nazareth, and he walked on the water in Capernaum. What country are those places in right now? What does it matter? If it does matter. You know why? Because when I went to Israel, I came in contact with the living God that walked on water and rose Lazarus from the dead. When I went to Israel, I saw the Bible come to life. When I went to Israel, I saw Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah in the hall of the patriarchs. When I went to Israel, what I read as Bible stories popped open. And I said, this is the word of God. This is real. These are not fairy tales or fables or things that we tell our kids. When I went to Israel, I was able to cry where Jesus cried where he was betrayed by Judas and arrested, where he rose from the dead and gives us eternal life. I am not an apologist for Israel, but I reject wholeheartedly this narrative. Christians who turn their back on Israel, it says in Genesis and Romans and 1 Thessalonians, Paul said you will bless the Jews. If you bless Israel, you will be blessed. If you scorn Israel, you will be scorned. There is a diabolical, satanic agenda every single day to try and delegitimize the scriptures. And I will defend the Holy Land, the place that let me see where my Lord and Savior lived. And I will not apologize for that. I like that. And for all of you uh, who are struggling with all of this and who are very upset with me, very angry at me, um, I, I was trying to explain it to a friend this morning, um, where we're, you know, we're on a bit different, um, sides of, of this, both Christian, we both love Jesus. We're going to heaven, both of us. Uh, but we see, we see things differently. And for me, what I think is that at some point we've all decided whether, we like Israel or we think that they're all globalists and we hate them and they're all evil. That Jews are evil. Jews don't deserve their land. Jews don't deserve a plot of land. A very tiny sliver in the mass, land mass of the Middle East. At some point, we've decided that they lie more than the other side. Or we'll say the other side lies too, but they, they, these guys really lie. At some point, we've each made decisions that we're going to categorize. And I understood this um, when someone said that I was betraying the freedom movement through my stand with Israel. 
And I had to think through what I didn't even understand at first at all. Like, how could I be betraying the freedom movement? Well, what we did in the freedom movement was we outed all of these cabal dudes. And many of them are Jews. Some of them aren't. I mean, Trudeau is not a Jew. And I think he's part of the cabal somehow. I think he's been paid off and he's just a puppet. Not a liked one, actually. They didn't even want him at the UN, remember that? But in any case, we outed these people, many of them being Jewish, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, um, Soros, and the like. And so we, we spoke very badly of them. Maybe my mistake was I never ever mentioned my deep love of, of the Jews as a people, as an innocent people. And I never maybe, I mean, I, I think on my shows, you all know that I went to Israel twice. I carry a shofar whenever I can. I love my shofar from Bethlehem. It's very dear to my heart. So I guess we didn't talk about that very much in the last three years. So now all of a sudden when I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm not siding against Israel. And even if I didn't have biblical perspectives, what just happened to them was heinous. And I believe that Israel in going after the Terminator dudes, the terrorist, horrible people in the Gaza area, by digging deep and drilling down and killing every last one of them, there won't be any more babies burned by them. There won't be any women, any more women raped. There won't be any more families killed in front of each other, one by one. There won't be any more little boys getting their fingers cut off before they're killed. So those people have gone past the... We, we can't tolerate them unless they're, if, you know, if you want to lock them up for the rest of their lives and allow them to live and get fed and taken care of, probably get television and internet. I don't know. All right, that's another option. But you got to go in and get them. I think that unless we want to see this happen again, we have to take care of the people that did this, and protect the Palestinians. The beautiful Palestinian people who many are grateful that this Hamas terrorist organization will be dealt with. They're also having to deal with Hezbollah now in the north. And I pray that the, the, you know, the Lebanese people will see this as a victory when these terrorists are dealt with. Let's go to Canada now. Um, Canadian MP Garnet Genus questions uh, the Arrive Can app contractor. Have you been hearing about this? On what he actually did. He made all this money. Remember Arrive Can, biggest scam ever? This is our Canadian government hard at work with your tax dollars. Garnet gives this guy a good uh, questioning. Take a look. You represent a two-person company that receives contracts and then subcontracts. And you've received millions of dollars from taxpayers for the process of receiving contracts and then subcontracting. So what would you say you do here? 
um, you, you speak about what do I do, but um, I have to go back to, you know, the beginning. Uh, what is it that you do for the government of Canada in exchange for millions of dollars? I don't know if it's exchange for millions of dollars because there's so much overhead to running a bricks and mortars business here in Ottawa. Uh, expenses relating to, you know, Indigenous employees that I have, uh, Indigenous consultants so that we So you don't have employees. There's two of you who I are do. partners. I do. Yeah, the, and they're Indigenous. Two, two, you have two employees. That's what you and told the committee earlier. Yes, okay. that's correct. What is it that you do? What you do in Inatech is you take the specifications from the customers and you bring them down to the software engineers. Yes, y yes, that, that's that's right. Well, then I just have to ask, why couldn't the customers just take them directly to the, to the software people, huh? What is it that I do? I, I manage... What does your company do? Well, it's a kind of a... So you're asking two things there, right? The, the aspect of what I do is an, is an executive on the board of directors for Dalian and looking at governance and the way that the company is, is run on a daily basis, and I've earned that by building the business over 23 years. But what do you do? What does your company do? What, what value does it produces, produce? What, what is it that you do? Our value add really is in the area of, of project management and contracts management as it relates to federal government contracting. In okay, the, so the federal government gives you a contract, you give the contract to somebody else. And you're telling me Not that the always. value you add, you, you, you subcontract to someone else. And you're telling me that the value you add is in the process of project management. So, so then you must physically bring them to the software people. Well, no. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. Uh, what, what would you say you do here? Well, look, I already told you. I deal with the goddamn customers so the engineers don't have to. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand it? What the hell is wrong with you people? So, so what do you on a, do? On a, on, a, yep, on a daily basis, that's true. The subcontractor does deal with the task authorization or the task, the technical authority on a daily basis. But in behind all of that is all of the polarith of, you know, whether it's uh, security clearances and billing and ensuring that the actual contract, we're the prime on the contract. So we also, also ultimately are responsible for the overarching contract management of, of everything that goes on. Well, I understand so, that you're the prime on the contract, which means that you collect the money. Um, but if the federal government is uh, dealing directly with the subcontractors, and if, uh, if, if, if there have been various problems along the way that have been identified in terms of, of the results anyways, uh, I'll ask it again. Uh, what do these words you're saying actually mean? What is it that you do here? Well, I, I, I will pass this off to Colin. Uh, I'm actually interested in what you do first, Mr. Yao. Okay, so uh, that was just a little bit of a, a fun, somebody did a little video on all of it. And I just, uh, you know, Garnet, thanks so much for going after it. We have seen nonstop corruption in our Canadian government, nonstop waste. Um, we've got people that are sleeping on the streets and can't afford to eat anymore. Their tent cities are forming on Highway 1 
downtown Maine and Hastings is just a deplorable mess and y'all can't afford to take care of veterans, but you're shipping money all over the world and, uh, well, you know, to the Ukraine and basically, you know, jeopardizing our, our Canadians. And you've got these ridiculous uh, things that you've done. And on top of it, you know, 400, 400,000, um, no, 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 400 million, 400 million shots were purchased and, uh, people aren't, aren't taking that up as much as you thought they would. So you got excess. I don't know why we would buy all those in advance. Crazy, crazy, really just really bad planning and design. All right. Um, so I'm going to go on to, uh, I think JT, I'm, I'm not going to do that second one. Oh, I will do this one. Um, I want to show that there's a couple of things that are not being talked about. And, uh, JT, you said in, in Spain, right? That's not being talked about. And actually Tucker Carlson is there in Spain right now. Um, and Tucker Carlson is coming to Alberta. I think that's pretty cool. So, but take a look at this story. 1300 in Darfur, uh, the monitors say the mass killing might be the largest in the civil war that erupted in April based on reports from monitors. And um, Sudan's rapid support forces besieged a camp for displaced people on November 2nd after attacking a nearby army base in West Darfur. After over the next three days, the parliamentary group committed what may amount to the single largest mass killing since the civil war erupted in April. Local monitors told Al Jazeera about uh, 1,300 people were killed, 2,000 injured, 310 remain missing. Um, they went to the house to search for men and killed each one they found, said Montessor Saddam, who barely escaped the killing and arrived in Chad on Sunday. There were so many corpses in the streets. The latest atrocities are part of a wider campaign by the RSF and its allied militias to eradicate the non-Arab Masalit tribe from West Darfur, according to activists and survivors. And I do think that we have presented this uh, story before, but... Um, you know, these things are happening in the world. Um, there's more Christians dying for their faith actually in the world that, than there ever have been. And this assault um, against people of faith, against people who believe in freedom, against uh, people of the book is uh, very, very sad. Um, is that the last one, JT? Um, yes. All right. So thank you very much. Um, it's been a great show. Would you share, 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 share? Tell everyone about it. Um, thank you for standing with us. If, if you're able to support laurelin.tv, you can make a donation. Um, if you like what I'm saying, it's even more important to support me because there's been attacks against me and that will cause people to question my integrity. Um, you can question my integrity, but anyone who's been watching or wants to look into it, I think my integrity stands. I think that, um, you know, for Pete's sake, I'll tell you what I think, whether it's popular or not. And I'm generally on the unpopular side. Like, why? When can I be on the side where everyone's like, yeah, you go, Laura Lynn. Like, when, when am I on the side where mainstream media celebrates my perspective, right? Features a big feature on me um, and, and just says what a great job I've been doing. Wouldn't that be wonderful? When, you know, when am I on the side when Trudeau actually says, you know, we just want to thank uh, some of the people out there who've really been helping our country, like Laurel and Tyler Thompson. 
and we just appreciate her. You know, I don't seem to, since all of this has begun, I'm always on the downside. And you know, when friendly fire comes, so people that are actually in the freedom movement or that I thought were all on our side, right? I mean, the same person's been attacking a lot of people in the freedom movement. So I guess I should be not so worried about it. But what you cause is you cause within our own side, you cause, you know, concern or fear or you cause mistrust. So I hope that those of you who know me, know me and that you'll take a moment, go maybe think about helping me to do what I do to continue doing it in the face of um, these, these attacks, personal attacks. Um, it's, it's just ridiculous. So thank you for, for your help. We do also have a, uh, we have a, an address that you can send checks to box, uh, 48184 in new Westminster, BCV3M087. If you can help us, that'd be great. Uh, my email is laurelinlive at protonmail.com. Feel free to write me if you've got concerns or if you want to set me straight on how I view the world. Uh, I love it. I usually try to answer you back. And um, there's a couple emails I missed because I got a lot of emails, but I do try to get back to you. And uh, there's one lady, Kim, I want to let her know that I'm going to be getting back to her because you've sent me like four emails and, and I'm running around and I haven't gone back to you and I will. Um, anything else? Thank you. All right. So let's close uh, today by... Seeing if God's on our side. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> Though a thousand may camp on my left and my right, if God is for us, who can be against, against us? <laughs> All right. I declare this over myself and you today. Psalms 54. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Isn't God good? Oh, I just love him. I love the Holy Spirit. I love Jesus. I love God. I love his vindication. I love how he fights for me. He is for me. He is not against me. He's for you. He is with us. He's standing with us in these battles. All of us are facing battles. We've got different ones in our families. There's family feuds. There's challenges you know, with our health, there's challenges with our finances, but God is for us. All right. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. People without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. You have delivered me from all my troubles and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. I want to tell you something. I did not pre-pick that. I opened my Bible and I found a passage we haven't read before because 
what I do is I try to highlight every, every bit that we ever read together. So this Bible is, because we've done, you know, how many, 300 broadcasts, this Bible's beginning to get full of all of the scriptures that I read to you. This Bible um, only contains what I read at the end of each show. And I'm gonna leave this to my daughter one day, because it's pink for girls. So I did not pick that. And uh, it just it never ceases to amaze me how powerful God is, how much he loves us. One thing I don't ever like doing is without justifiable cause, without real um, a justice issue, never without that would I attack um, those whom God has put as places of, of influence, you know? Um, I have been vocal about churches who are now going all woke with the LGBTQ agenda. I have been vocal about those who um, required vaccination to get to church during COVID. You had your little vax vaccination bubbles. Oh, the unvaccinated. And the I mean, really, like, did you lose your ever-loving minds? You have no discernment. <laughs> I mean, really, like that is just nuts. And I, I have to call a spade a spade, but um, hopefully you love God. Hopefully you're getting wiser. Um, but I don't attack people just, you know, if their positions are a little bit different than me. We've got to stay on the same side. But I will tell you something. I do absolutely love that God says that he will vindicate us. Have a good day. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me today.